0: You think, Let's of, restart. think of that while.
1: Do you guys want less pressure? I can leave. Do you you're, think your pressure? You're not. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have a vibe. <laughs> yeah, I do need to. I do need to come up with mine too. And yeah, like I saw season X episode Y, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? I know. I was like,
0: ah. <laughs> We're not ready at all.
1: Yeah, okay, but I'll, I'll take off. You guys to do don't need any more water. Save all this though.
0: Welcome to the Far Gone Conclusion podcast, covering every episode of the FX TV show Fargo. My name is Tiffany.
1: And I'm Cody, and this week we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 7, Who Shaves the Barber?
0: Cody, what would the police find in your gun locker?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I would obviously be hiding my giant gun, but the problem is, what other people put in your gun locker is really mm, what they're going to
0: find. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you've got to check would, that thing diligently.
0: Who would be framing you for murder... In your life, you think?
1: I feel like by the end of by the end of season four, once we've recorded all these podcasts, you're gonna find any excuse to frame me for marketing <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, so thanks for that. I'll be building a case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch.
0: Alright. So this episode aired May twenty-seventh, twenty fourteen, written by Noah Hawley. Surprise. Again. And this was directed by Scott Winnant. Uh, he did California Cation, like a lot of the people in Breaking Bad, um, a couple episodes, but I was more interested in his credits for True Blood and, uh, my so-called life is kind of a older, like, cult type, type jam.
1: I forgot you were obsessed with True Blood. I mean, I wasn't
0: obsessed. I just watched it every Sunday or whenever it was on.
1: Every single week, every new episode.
0: I would love to do a true blood.
1: Oh, get out of here Like a
0: rewatch. It got really bad towards the end, but it was the first few seasons were like really, really good.
1: True blood. Creole zombies. Or I was going to say zombies. (laughs) Creole vampires.
0: Yeah. Well, I I said, I wasn't going to talk about succession again, but here I am. Um, Alexander Skarsgård was on the latest episode
1: of Succession, a well, Succession, not True Blood,
0: <laughs> and it was yeah making me really want to go back and watch him in um
1: in True Blood. Oh, he's in that. Yeah, he's oh, like the
0: main attraction. Really, to True Blood. Yeah, he's a very hot vampire. Huh.
1: Okay, yeah, I like him. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, and. Um, like, him being interested in Suki Stockhouse is like the only reason to care about Suki Stockhouse, in my opinion.
1: I thought it was Suki St. James. No, I mean, you would know better than I. Or is that like a porn star? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But now I need to find out who Suki um, is.
0: Is that a real person? I think Suki St. James is. might be the name of um, the Suki on Gilmore Girls.
1: Nailed it. Yep. Okay. Yep, that's Gilmore Girls, another <laughs> show that you love.
0: <laughs> yeah, but her name is Suki and not Suki. so...
1: Excuse me, yeah, it's Melissa McCarthy.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: I mix up the shows that you, I know that you like.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, my first thought was like, Gilmore Girls, and I was like, wait, I gotta like take three soaps back because it's not always about Gilmore Girls.
1: That was close. Um, <laughs> We're good.
0: So, anyway, Scott Winnett, I'm assuming, I didn't check, but I'm assuming he'll be back next week since they're usually in pairs. Two and two. And we got some new cast this week.
1: Right. I had
0: no idea. Yeah, it was I cool. was like, almost for a second, I was like, wait, did the episode cut out? <laughs> or am I watching a Q and Peel
1: skit? Yeah, sure. Switch over um, to
0: them. But their energy fit perfectly into this. They um, just play
1: Key and Peel. Yeah. Which is perfect.
0: Yeah. Um,. <laughs> They're definitely there for, like, a bit of, of comedy. And I think they play really nicely into that scene. Um, did, have you watched a lot of Kim and Peele?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I never sat... Like, I didn't have cable when I was on Comedy Central. So yeah. I watched the skits online, of course. And, I mean, you see... Um keegan michael key just in a bunch of things i remember seeing them on mad tv when that was a thing mm. and obviously you know jordan peele has gone on to be this crazy director producer yeah and i you've love seen, everything he does
0: you've seen get out right
1: get out us, us. okay
0: i haven't seen like after get out i was like oh i'm gonna you know watch everything that jordan peele does and then it just happened <laughs> but i'm like i'm committed to you know like i i believe in him yeah as uh director, producer, writer, writer.
1: Yeah, no, he's killing it. He really Um, is. Did you you see Keanu by chance? Their movie they did together? I did watch that.
0: I think I started it and then whoever I was watching it with was like not into it. And that made me really question my relationship with that person. Bastard. was probably Tom. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) I, I, I wanted to finish it for sure. Um, but yeah. And then, um, Keegan-Michael Key, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Um, He's in, like, a lot of fun stuff. Like, um, <laughs> Friends from College, did you watch that show? No. It's on Netflix, was a more recent one. And...
1: There's that improv movie on Netflix, too. Don't Think Twice, I think it's called, with Chris Gethard and a bunch of other people.
0: Yeah, he, like, shows up in things mm-hmm. that, I, like, I don't really expect him to be in. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try to peruse
1: friends with barack obama
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so i guess uh, it's time for for a breakdown unless yeah. you want to stop and check
1: no 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 i was just audio stuff i was looking at what time we're at so we open up on a shot of uh, gus Grimley. he's all bummed out for some reason um but i really like this shot because it's it's slow-mo and uh, uh played in reverse yeah. Pretty cool. Camera tactic. I like yeah. that for the intro. Um, yeah, but basically we just, we're just we just in the hospital for a second. And then we go to breakfast at the old, uh, I guess, yeah, the other Nygaard household. Yeah. Chaz and Kitty? Mm-hmm. Kitty are yeah, talking to Gordo about sports and stuff and what he's going to do that day. Um, <laughs> and he takes off for school. Really picking his nose hard at the bus stop.
0: Ugh. so gross.
1: He looks at his finger, but he doesn't. You don't see him wipe. He just grabs his backpack. Yeah. So you don't. I I wonder where the booger went. Yeah. Personally,
0: um, there's this Chuck Palahniuk book. Um, I want to say it's Rant, but <laughs> my, the, the Chuck Palahniuk fans are gonna come after me if I get it wrong. Um, where this character like chronically picks his nose and like Mm. wipes it on the wall and it uses almost like this beautiful metaphor for like the stars but also disgusting (laughs) and i just picture like gordo's room different like pieces of furniture just having like little yeah booger constellations you know like
1: yeah
0: all over
1: yeah if you're if Uh. you're
0: not wiping it off on anything specific like they must be everywhere
1: yeah i remember uh I remember going to a friend's house who had, like, a five-year-old, you know, little boy. Mm-hmm. And just, I remember sitting on their couch and putting my arm on the, and just the whole side of the couch was just booger, 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 booger. And Ew. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were all dry, thankfully, I suppose. Mm. But just clean. It, it was very obvious that it was there. Like, yeah. Just I mean, like,
0: as a, as a parent of, like, a young boy, you just need to be, like... You can pick your nose. Just put it in this, like, in this tissue, please. Like, for the love of God.
1: Or just be a man and eat it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) If you eat it, then you don't have to worry about... Yeah,
1: just gone, and It helps your uh, immune system or something.
0: I'm sure that's how that works.
1: (laughs) So as the bus pulls up, the door opens, and the bus driver looks not very happy with uh, Gordo, and he says, no funny stuff today. So obviously Gordo isn't... He's not he's not the most charming bus rider.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious I'm really curious what the funny stuff is because I feel like it could be this bus driver just being like, <laughs> Oh, you're a, a kid who's like into weird stuff and don't you dare do that. Or he like is actually
1: doing some weird shit in the back of the bus. Yeah. And he's already just freestyling and you know, grabbing shit with boogers on his hands. Who knows what else?
0: When he has like the the P Jar at home. P Jars. Um, I could see that translating to some weird bus behavior. Yeah. Did you ride the bus?
1: Never. Never? Never.
0: I did it a couple of times when I was (laughs) in like elementary school, but then it just ended up always being like, not, it didn't seem like a time saver for, for my mom. And I think I'm happy with that, that choice. It seemed like it was always a weird group of people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be a bus person. Yeah. Have you ridden the bus as an adult?
0: Well, in like a city.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You take the, the bus around the BART. Is that what it was in San Francisco, or is that the train line?
0: Uh, the train in San Francisco is the no. BART, and mean. I forget the name of the the buses. I think there's a specific name, but, but yeah, I mean mostly in, um, mostly in Seattle because I didn't have a car. Mm.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I took the light rail, which was the train, and uh, and there were definitely some bus routes where you had some some weird people um the aurora bus which is the one that tom's sister amelia takes oh god on a regular basis and it's i worry about her sometimes (laughs) it's um it's one of those (laughs) direct lines that takes you to all kinds of different places but yeah buses are uh
1: for plebeians can, can be a little
0: bit, a little <laughs> bit wild.
1: So we get to school. They have really cool school uniforms, and uh, these kids are fighting awkwardly. They like fall into a love making position on the table, <laughs> knock Gordo's backpack over, and, and uh, as they knock his backpack over, a gun slides out and getting, you know across the floor the whole lunch... I think it's the lunchroom, you know, all stops at once and stares.
0: This situation could not have worked out better for Lester. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) I feel like another kid that the gun would be in the backpack for, like, weeks before it would be found.
1: Yeah, and just... Or even just, like, if, you know, a kid sometimes looks through his backpack (laughs) and might be like, Hey, that's not mine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, get... get, Like, a lucky Gordo would... Mm -hmm see it before or after school, at home, and then just take it out Mm -hmm. immediately. But nope. But no. Lester, Luck is on Lester's side for this particular... He's on the up
1: and up. Yeah. And oh boy, does this work out well for him. Uh, And, you know, Kitty's at home vacuuming when Bill shows up (laughs) with a search warrant. Which, this is also interesting, because I, you know, I thought it took a while to get a search warrant, but maybe because of the gun at school, it's, like, really you know put in the express lane
0: oh i wanted to say too that the intro breakfast scene they were talking about the fish the fish the fish that f- like came up and like fell oh. on them from the previous episode right. you were telling me that that's like a something that can actually happen but they include it in there it's for, on the tv
1: right yeah yeah
0: um <laughs> what does it say um the incident was probably caused by a tornado, which sucked up water and fish from the lake and then dropped them miles away, which is what you said. But, you know, it's like way, way more official when yeah
1: those, when they say it on the news. It's a good thing they put that explanation in, because otherwise it's just like, yeah, you're just, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, because I definitely, definitely last week I was like, are we just not going to explain that one away? Like, is that just a weird thing that's happening? um <laughs> until you told me that it was like you know something was physically possible so
1: <laughs> thank god
0: um so anyway yeah we're back at the house search warrant
1: which i also uh, just a quick yeah a quick mention as well i think i'm not certain but i think uh last episode was the last we get of the supermarket king in this season that was his story wrap which isn't that you know kind of sad
0: Yeah, well, I guess Lorne...
1: Pretty much took care of everything in that.
0: He did, but he didn't get the money. No. Um, (laughs) But I guess he was more concerned about these these Fargo guys uh, by the end of all of that.
1: He's got a new mission now.
0: Uh, I expected that maybe he would kind of circle back around and be trying to figure out where that that (laughs) money was. But that seems so much more challenging than...
1: Yeah. Everything Literally else. Just buried somewhere now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh poor supermarket king. Yeah, so anyway, um yeah, so uh search warrant. Chaz is at work telling a really cool story.
0: He's uh, in a room with a stripper. Yeah. When
1: <laughs> I mean, he gets a call from his wife, he ignores it or he tries to ignore it for a saying he'll call her back his secretary says it's an emergency and obviously he's filled in on the search warrant in gordo real quickly yeah um and uh he rushes home and literally slides into the driveway just barely missing police like running into police cars
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i guess some of that is like the way cars move Mm -hmm. in like icy icy roads but i was just like what (laughs)
1: yeah calm down bro (laughs) you don't want to add another charge (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah so Bill is he he arrives as Bill is searching the gun cabinet and walks in you know claiming that he has war- you know a, what's it called uh permits for everything yeah right as Bill opens up the secret compartment and uh <laughs> I mean it's oh man fucking Lester it's so damning
0: yeah and um I think it's It's really smart on, on Lester's part to put the underwear in there Mm -hmm. and a few of the photos and like it, it really feels like not just a possible affair, but like a weird obsession. (laughs) Yeah. That, that kind of, I don't know. I think that covers more ground for this, the framing.
1: The panties nailed it. And I mean, yeah, just the hammer, just come on. (laughs) It's too perfect almost.
0: Yeah. And I'm wondering like, um, how much, I know Molly would see the hammer and immediately be like, ah, Mm -hmm. that, but I, I wonder if Bill had to see the photos to start putting those pieces together. For sure. It's Bill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. Yeah. this, This, yeah, this whole scene, I mean, it's just, and I think, you know, everything goes quiet for Chaz and you see the shock on his face. Yeah. And as his wife's being held back, you see the spit land on his face too.
0: Yeah, and Kitty is is furious. Mm-hmm. And she's furious before she even knows that there's anything additional like she just thinks that the gun. It it's the gun up. with her with her son and um I don't know, I'm a little bit surprised that like she must know that there are guns in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge gun locker. It's like a big hobby for him. But I guess it was a little bit surprising to me that she would be that angry uh, about the idea of the son taking the gun. Oh, you know, fuck. like I mean I get I get the anger, I guess just it was it's so like vehemently directed at him yeah. and not just like oh this is a lapse in safety. It's yeah. like you corrupted my son kind of anger
1: mm-hmm.
0: when, you know, I I don't know, it seemed kind of obvious that he didn't
1: he, want his kid to bring a gun to school.
0: <laughs> yeah, that you know, like there were guns, and that his kid might be interested in guns at some mm-hmm. point because of that. So I just thought that was um, a little bit unexpected.
1: And then the panties come out, and Mo' oh Boy. <laughs>
0: Is, does she spit after yeah, after, after the, panties? the panties? Okay.
1: Yeah, for because, Yeah, because I think it's it's that final the final scene we get in the garage is Chaz's face of just putting it all together being like why the what is that hammer why are there panties oh shit this is not gonna end well
0: (laughs) yeah and you know even though he's putting it all together it could still kind of read to outside people as like him realizing he's caught Mm -hmm. you know like I think that there's a way that he could have I don't know reacted to it that made it seem like he didn't really understand what's happening or you know
1: see even then Oh that's not mine? What are you gonna say? That's true. That's true. You're fucked. He he he, I think he just you know is But but I do think like the
0: look on his face like could easily read as like shit they got me. (laughs) Like they found out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's literally nothing you could say at that moment though that that Bill would just be like, Oh never mind. Yeah (laughs) Oh and then we get let's go to the the best, the most well acted scene <laughs> in all of season one, <laughs> uh, where Lester is sitting in a interrogation room, and Bill is Bill walks in very kerfluffled, but Lester plays it real cool.
0: <laughs> it's it's incredible to see the growth from Lester <laughs> from the interrogation scene in the kitchen mm-hmm. to this, yeah. And the way that he utilizes the like pauses as if like he's breaking yep. emotionally to like distraught. give himself a little bit of extra time to like come up with the next bit or not. he doesn't even have to finish <laughs> what he's saying because it's like, oh, yeah, of course that he like he's distraught. He can't finish that mm-hmm. sentence. Um, so it's just. It's, it's expert and um, incredible work for Martin Freeman for being able to pull off both of those so believably
1: yeah because he's he's uh, once again like uh, I think we talked about it a couple times before but he's kind of double acting you know where he's he's playing Lester but he's also playing Lester pretending to be you know this yeah. this other character in the story being the victim instead of being the perpetrator
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And Bill, uh, fucking Bob Odenkirk, just, he's so good at just, ha- he's just taking it in and just hamming it up and just, you know, believing everything he's saying, almost crying.
0: Yeah, he, like, his eyes are so focused <laughs> on on Lester, like, tell me more. Like, he's entranced by this this story, and so, yeah, it's obviously... Very easy. Uh, I mean, maybe, I wondered if, like, if Molly had been there. If somebody who was, um, would maybe push him a little bit more, if he might have lost his cool a little bit. Because I do think that part of his, like, confidence is just like, oh, this yeah. is going perfectly.
1: It In the same way that they had to have, you know, they had to have Bill tell Molly that she couldn't go interrogate Lorne, you know. It, you know, they had to shoot her last week so that she couldn't be around for for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. then Bill, even at a certain point starts finishing Lester's story for him. Like, you know, at a certain point he's, you know, he's even saying like, Oh, you did that because you were afraid. Yeah. You know?
0: And I mean, and it, you know, obviously Bill is not a good police officer. <laughs> and so, and he just wants to believe that Lester's innocent. So mm-hmm. he's going to make that really easy for Lester. But yeah, Lester's just taking it up to <laughs> the next level to where he's actually, you know.
1: Are there are there any quotes that stand out to you in that part? Um What do you think?
0: I don't know. I oh, I wanted to so when Lester is telling the story of what he's overhearing Kitty and Chaz saying in this <laughs> pretend scenario yeah she laughs and then she says, you know, you're not half the man your brother is. Uh. (laughs) And it's just, um, it's really uh, incredible that he can use that thing that was so hurtful Mm -hmm. and so damning to who he was as a person at the beginning of this and how his marriage was going as just like being able to flip it around and almost believe Mm -hmm. that like there is a scenario in which he is actually better than Chaz yeah. and he's getting one over on him. And... Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Cause I think that's the, that's the last thing Pearl says to him before he picks up the hammer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. God. Oh yeah. That's such a good flip. What is, oh, what a dick! <laughs> and yeah, Chaz eventually ends up taking Lorne's place with the shotgun in the story. Yeah. Other, and you know, that's You know, because he explains that, you know, as Chaz picks up the hammer in the basement, the doorbell rings. And that's when good old Vern Thurman showed up.
0: Yeah, he says um, that he goes in the back where he keeps the shotgun. And, you know, I should have thought of that. And (laughs) there's so many interesting things that, like, manipulative people do when they're lying to sort of couch the way that they're saying things to like put some blame on them or like pretend that they're um not framing the person or you know like lying about that person as much so i thought that was all
1: god damn it martin freeman him and Bill, him and bob odenkirk are so good in this scene
0: and yeah, so and then, fun. you know, Bill, if you think that makes me guilty of something, then I want you to throw throw the book at me, put me in jail, because I loved her. You know, <laughs> Pearl, despite all she was, she was my wife. <laughs> um, which is um, some great acting yep. <laughs> from, from Lester Nygaard. Um, and I wanted to, I was thinking about... I know we probably don't want to do a ton of like political stuff,
1: but um
0: <laughs> you heard about the stuff happening with um with governor Cuomo? Cuomo? Cuomo?
1: I I've read a headline or two. I I don't pay attention. So to the
0: governor that shit. was like uh there no were a no. lot of reports of sexual assault. Cool guy. And then his brother who works for I think CNN, um was trying to basically like cover um, trying to cover some things up or like oh, really? spin things for him to make it not seem as bad. And so he was out like out on Twitter just being like, well, you know, any man would do this for his brother. And just <laughs> thinking about how acceptable this type of thing is, where it's like, yeah, helping your brother cover up a crime is totally reasonable, isn't of it? And it is for oh, Lester in this episode. I see the parallel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. So anyway, just a very recent thing that mm-hmm. happened that I was kind of
1: those damn Cuomo's. And yeah, it, yeah, so you know, Bill basically he just lets Lester go. Yeah. And we get a really great scene of of Lester walking out of the police station, but Chaz sees him from the holding cell.
0: And the smile on Lester's face. And I love that, how slight it is. Oh. Again, Martin Freeman is doing such a good job here because it's, you know, he's kind of keeping uh, his emotions close, close, but he is just slightly like, yes, I mm-hmm. am killing it.
1: Which is a little fucked up because, I mean, Chaz... Oh, it's so fucked Chaz up. was a dick, but he wasn't like... It's not like he he didn't treat him like pert well. He kind of did. They oh. did get in that fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that Chaz is terrible. <laughs> he's a terrible brother, and um, you know, I don't. The I, I think it was that scene that I read aloud from the first episode yeah. where he's just like, "You're terrible. I wish you were dead. Oh, yeah, I tell people, people you're, you're
1: dead. dead. Yeah. Okay. Fuck him then."
0: Um, so he is, he is really uh, a terrible, terrible brother, but like, <laughs> like with the Pearl thing, Pearl is a terrible wife, but mm-hmm. we all, we agreed no murder. <laughs> you can't just, you know, just because someone's bad, you can't just do that. And you can't frame someone for murder just because they're not a good,
1: um, kitty's getting such to Kitty didn't deserve any of this either. Chaz is the one that has to deal with all this bullshit.
0: Well, and I think it's implied with the scene where he's telling the story that they're somewhere with a stripper that mm-hmm. Chaz is not faithful to Kitty as well. Yeah. Um But yeah, um it's it's wonderful and entertaining and interesting to see Lester. I don't even know if breaking bad is like what I want to use here because he just becomes really good at being uh like he's he becomes a good liar he mm-hmm. becomes a good manipulator he becomes lord malvo and it's so beautiful to watch so interesting <laughs> but also he's becoming a despicable human being oh yeah and so you're like oh, it's like you're conflicted of feeling all of like these things bit. yeah so it's like cool to see, kind of cool to see him <laughs> doing much better in these interrogations yeah. and and covering things up but
1: you want to root for the loser he used to be as opposed to this fucking
0: yeah so it's it's conf- it's conflicting like the the look on his face that little smile like makes you hate him but it's also a really yeah. good performance <laughs> and you're like yeah
1: and this is all before the the opening credits even Oh yeah, because we get Chaz shouting Lester, Lester, what did you do? Yeah, and, and then it cuts to Fargo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good scene.
1: All of this is just the, just the intro.
0: Okay, so. so now we need to now I need to. I guess I think I I'm sure I made it clear on the last one, but I thought Molly was dead. I was
1: so happy that I didn't spoil this.
0: Um, so in in the um watches that you and Tom did at at her apartment, I had seen that Molly got shot. Mm-hmm. And so I, for whatever reason, just thought that she died. Like, I don't know. I just assumed that that's what happened there.
1: She just fall face first in the snow after being shot and no help anywhere nearby.
0: Yeah. So I went into the episode just the whole season, starting this podcast, thinking that she was going to die. <laughs> and I'm just so happy that my girl Molly made it out and she gets to be a... Uh, romanced a little
1: ooh, by Gus Grimlin. <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, yeah. No, honestly, I was so happy after last week's episode. I was sure I was going to spoil it somehow, but we even ended up putting her in the best best death category, and I was just like, oh, Tiffany doesn't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're a trickster, Cody. I had no idea. Yeah,
1: and so, um, you know, and we actually, we see flashbacks, and we see that Molly actually first sees Lorne. Yeah. And we didn't see that last week. And uh, she turns to shoot a Wrench, shoots him twice, and turns back to Lauren, and he's gone. Yeah. And then we actually see a bullet go through Molly and exit the back of her giant police coat. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's interesting that she actually did run into Lauren, told him to freeze, I think.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even think that she would recognize him, but of course, she's so mm-hmm. good, she knows, like, exactly who he is. She's yeah. only seen that one photo, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah, because she never dealt with Frank Peterson.
0: Yeah, so she hasn't seen him in person, mm-hmm. but, she, like, even in white-out blizzard condition, she's like, that's my guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but unfortunately...
1: Wrench had to go and fuck it all up.
0: Yeah. And I was just thinking about, like, how... In like a low visibility situation like that, how uh, much more terrifying it must be as a deaf okay. person.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that.
0: Like, I mean, that's like the low visibility for everyone. Like, I was just thinking, is there is there any actual like police protocol for dealing with something like that? Because it seems really easy to make a mistake. But um, but as a deaf person, like yeah. you're you have to rely a lot more on what you can hear
1: mm-hmm.
0: in in that kind of situation, and so. Um, He's just fucked. <laughs> yeah I was kind of curious if we would get a POV from him like with, mm. the, with no like no sound. It
1: would be fun yeah. but no no And it, uh, Molly's eyes open and <laughs> first things first person she sees is Greta yeah. who informs her that she's been shot <laughs> So and uh, Gus kind of hurries Greta out of the room I think. Um, Is Molly's first question about Wrench, asking about him? Um, He's in intensive care upstairs. What
0: happened? Did we get him? I had him. So.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she's
0: work focused.
1: Yeah. First thing. Yeah. (laughs) Gus, uh, you know, meekly offers up the information that he shot her. And I think she responds, that doesn't make no sense. Yeah. And uh, she finds out she's lost her spleen due to it, and Gus offers to get her a new one. Very kind.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Are there spleen transplants available?
1: I doubt it. My mom actually, um, when my my sister was a C-section, and when they were cutting into my mom, they stabbed her in the spleen (laughs) on accident, and they had to have emergency surgery to remove her spleen while they were also taking a baby out of her. And so my mom doesn't have a spleen. She's made it. My sister's 40, so she's made it 40 years without a spleen. She's doing pretty good.
0: I guess I'll, I'll pull this trivia out now while we're on the topic of spleens.
1: Cargo um, trivia!
0: <laughs> it makes you more susceptible to bacterial infections. Mm-hmm. So the big danger here is um, you're much more likely to like bleed out if you if you don't have emergency surgery. That's a thing? Yeah. Huh. Oh, no. I guess the big danger is like she could have blood out. Um, uh if she didn't get
1: oh if they didn't get the spleen out yeah gotcha
0: but yeah now she's more
1: susceptible to bacterial infections she's gonna
0: wash her hands oh darn it get that hand sanitizer out molly
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh she asks about you know what's gonna happen to gus and he says he was too shaken up at the scene but there's gonna be an inquiry and he's probably gonna lose his badge because you know generally when you shoot another officer it's not good on your record yeah. And he's a lowly, you know, I mean they, they put him on animal control most of the time and he's not he doesn't have too much under his belt to Yeah. It's not looking good for Gus. This
0: is has me thinking uh way more than I care to while watching TV about like gun safety with police officers. <laughs> like Gus Grimley, come on.
1: <laughs> what do you mean in real life they never make mistakes?
0: Never. <laughs> um I love the the little exchange. You want pop or something? No, I want a new spleen. Um, that's what I want. So, you know, you better get Kraken, mister. She's just so cute. I love her so much. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that's what's great about this show is, like, even though it's so dark, they still, you know, it's, it's not just a drama. Like, there's certain shows like Ozark. I can't do Ozark because it's it's yeah. just dark. You know?
0: How far have you gone into Ozark? Not
1: far. Because oh. I just, I, I honestly got to like episode three and I was just like, Jesus, I'm just bummed. Yeah. <laughs> just sad.
0: I finished season one and it was interesting enough to get me through. But once I fin- finished the season, I'm like, I don't really need yeah, to go back to that.
1: Just too much. Put, yeah. Throw a couple jokes in. Let Molly ask for a new spleen.
0: Yeah. This, the show is funny. <laughs> they do a good job with that.
1: And uh, as Lou shows up, Gus leaves pretty quickly. <laughs> Molly says guess we both have bullet holes now
0: did we 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 don't need to talk about season two it's okay (laughs) I'll be thinking more about
1: what Lou Lou. is
0: doing in in season two
1: yeah and yeah they don't really talk much but they you know he pops on some hockey there's a little father-daughter bonding over hockey cut over to Lester the blood stain is still on his floor but he finally decides to do something about it the first cleaner in place he calls they're very polite
0: they said in the ad like that there's no job too tough to handle <laughs> and it just immediately like nope
1: yeah they they want to know how he's doing and everything first though you know they yeah. got a lot of questions about his his well-being before they even find out about the job yeah but um yeah as soon as yeah as soon as he says I think it's a crime scene with blood they just, just straight up hang up on him <laughs> so that's another again another f- little fun scene yeah that's all it really is you know he flashed a rundle or the rundle realty agent I don't think we ever get his name
0: yeah I don't think so
1: doing some super cool aqua aqua aerobics is that what you would call that which swim aerobics swim aerobics I mm. like aqua aerobics a little better
0: aquatic aquatic aerobics yeah, I don't know. too
1: many syllables <laughs> um and he returns to the office to find good old lauren malvo i think this place is in new mexico or nevada or something so i think it's in
0: reno reno nevada yeah yeah yeah
1: you're right and so lauren had a, he's had a drive <laughs> all the way down here to surprise the rundle guy um <laughs> again i think you know there's a great little you have pins in every what does it say
0: Sorry, um, I'm oh, going to read the, the cleaner exchange. Okay, go for it. Um, well, my house needs a... Well, I'm not going to lie, it's a real mess. Heck, that's our bread and butter. <laughs> well, do you fellas do crime scenes? Had a break-in, huh? Yeah, it's a little worse than a break-in. A lot of broken glass or... Well, I'd rather not get... Sometimes they defecate in your... And then <laughs> <laughs> you got them off to say... Let's just say there's a lot of blood. And then just that's the that yeah but uh yeah the the defecation do people like break in and then defecate uh is that a thing
1: not that i'm aware of they're
0: implying
1: (laughs) there is that scene in the sopranos where uh the one kid every time he does a job he has to poop on the ground because because of his adrenaline but i don't know maybe that's some people's thing
0: (laughs) maybe that's what they do
1: so, yeah, you know, uh, I think Lauren asks the Rundle agent, you know, you have pins in every state except Georgia. Why not Georgia? And uh, he responds, my first wife, she was Korean. She used to spit at me when we had sex. (laughs) Another great line. Um, Um. Jinx. (laughs) They end up, you know, they talk about Fargo and the hit and uh, Rundle. I'll just call him Rundle tries to be tries his best to be like professional and quote unquote honest about what's happening. You know, I I believe him personally. Yeah. But um it, you know, who knows? Obviously, Lorne doesn't particularly believe him. About, you know, he's just kind of saying that he doesn't know. He didn't receive any calls about Lorne in, inquiring about him, so this must be something personal.
0: Yeah. I mean, from what we know, as uh not in lorne's pov it seems yeah. like it is just sort of a happy coincidence that mm-hmm. uh lorne killed somebody who was part of the, the fargo, fargo mob. mob
1: and yeah i mean you know I, I believe him but
0: but who knows what those people
1: and the guy's trying to withhold the information about who it would be in fargo
0: imdb says
1: aqua size oh excuse me aquasize.
0: and uh looks like mr rundle
1: <laughs> oh it is mr rundle okay so his name is rundle hey um aqua <laughs> you know <laughs> so um and it ends up with uh the guy just happens to have two phones on his desk lucky just so lucky that lauren gets to deliver the line this one calls an ambulance and this one calls a hearse which will it be
0: what do you think he does to him
1: see that's that's what's nice about it is they leave it ambiguous yeah though when you see lauren walk out of the office you do hear a lady inside the office scream yeah so it's definitely something (laughs) yeah he's done something
0: (laughs) did do you think he called like i mean he got the information for fargo did get
1: the information so hopefully just an ambulance the guy did talk about in their conversation that usually what'll happen is a, m- a monetary exchange if that's not enough they'll break an arm or a leg yeah and if that's not enough then they'll do something so hopefully maybe just broke an arm or a leg
0: this whole thing really has me questioning like is lauren getting paid enough money for what he's doing he's and not- and these people like I don't know, it all just seems like there's not enough money being made for how much murder is happening, <laughs> is what I'm I'm thinking. He's
1: obviously done quite a few jobs with this guy. Yeah. I would assume. But, he but was he's he's dinner,
0: just though. like he's more competent than the mob. <laughs> so why doesn't he like why isn't he going out for, you know, big fish dinners? You know, why <laughs> and like this guy who is helping orchestrate his jobs is working out of, like, a really... Shitty office. Really shady office with, like, no windows and, like...
1: But he's been to every state except Georgia. I just... Well-traveled.
0: <laughs> I just think that um, they're not thinking... Uh, thinking big enough on what they could be doing with with these skills. But, but I, bet,
1: have. I bet also it's probably similar to you know Gus from Breaking Bad where they need to they they just they have all this money but they uh, maintain such a good cover you yeah. know just being this lowly re- retail you know this lowly uh okay insurance agent working I just like of, you know,
0: I don't know I like what is Lauren doing with he he must be making good money mm-hmm. to be not only you know taking such risk but he's doing a really good job at it <laughs> You know, this is not just, like, some rando that has a gun that you're yeah. like, all right, go be the muscle and, like, intimidate some guys. Like, Lorne is, is so specialized. Yeah. And so I just hope that he's getting compensated is what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm a little doubtful that he's getting compensated <laughs> properly. But I do, um, maybe by the end of this season and the end of next season, we'll have some thoughts on does crime pay?
1: Yes. I, I, there's a scene, I think two episodes from now that will,
0: yeah, end of season two, I'm thinking of like, <laughs> um, a related question on that, so, <laughs>
1: anyway, so, um, oh, and I also like the quote, um, he, when he walks in, he says, can I sit or would you rather kill me standing? <laughs> That's just a little fun. Yeah. Again.
0: I like that he, he knows who he's working with, you yeah. know, this is the most familiar anybody is with Lauren. hmm
1: Oh yeah absolutely this is the, this is for sure the person who know knows Lauren the best out of the whole show so far so far yeah so Molly goes upstairs she has her little wheelie um, IV thing she goes to see wrench um, he he requests that he you know through sign language uh, bring her the whiteboard so he can respond to her because she is technically mute yeah technically first thing he asks is about his partner Molly says he's dead
0: and of course Molly remembers him
1: yeah, from the insurance office and it, that was
0: just like so so quick, so anyway mm-hmm. always yeah. got a hype about Molly Molly hype squad
1: he's a pretty it's a pretty recognizable face on wrench though too, yeah with the sideburns and the curly hair
0: well, and like numbers and wrench mm-hmm. together and yeah, but she was like almost dead mm-hmm. so it's just you know you thought she a lot has happened, <laughs> and she still remembered him. <laughs>
1: And, uh, she asks, you know, she writes down the the name in all capitals, Lauren Malvo, and Wrench turns away from her so that he doesn't have to answer any, any, you know, he's he's not a rat. He ain't gonna talk to a police officer. Yeah.
0: Like, um, it hurts, like, as a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mine too. I mean, it's crazy. I've never shot anyone before. Gathering, this wasn't your first time, though. (laughs) Uh, look at us, and you got a dad somewhere, I bet, just like me. Uh, and I mean, what's the point, you know? Because here you are, and your friend is dead, and you're gonna spend the rest of your life in jail. And for what? (laughs) And, you know, it's just, like, a a nice little... The way that she delivers all of this is so casual, and she's not, like, obviously trying to, like, intimidate him and get him to talk. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just... Being honest. yeah. She was, you know, they were both shot in this this scenario, mm-hmm. um, and she's kind of finding that common ground between them. Just, just,
1: oh, he's so good. But he's still not going to give up any information.
0: Well, not yet. Maybe. I mean, he probably maybe. he probably won't. But like, maybe. I, just maybe later. Going.
1: Maybe later. But we'll see. You do you, you don't think this is the last we see of Wrench?
0: Hmm. <laughs> I mean, is anyone left in the Fargo mob after after what happens by the end of the episode? Gosh, it I might. Mean, like he
1: really, he really does take down a lot, <laughs> at least a good chunk of them. Like
0: he'll just be the the top person mm-hmm. by default, maybe by the end you of know, this. Lauren just
1: is the Fargo mob at that point.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: So yeah, you know, Wrench ends up yeah not giving up any information. Molly just.
0: I think the Lauren and Wrench team up.
1: Oh, my God. Invincible. Lorne,
0: Lorne having someone who's, like, competent on his <laughs> side.
1: But he doesn't speak sign language.
0: Lorne speaks sign <laughs> language.
1: <laughs> Cut to good old Gary Valentine coming in to uh, transfer Chaz. Chaz has, you know, he, he's trying to explain the whole situation, but Gary Valentine, I can't remember his name in the show. But um, doesn't want, he's not hearing any of it T- threatens to tase him. Which do you know what Taser stands for?
0: No. I've forgotten already. Thomas
1: A. Swift electronic rifle. (laughs) So it's technically taser. (laughs) But um so and he's cuffed, you know, and he's walked through the station and all the officers look upon him with disdain for what he has done, all these all these horrible crimes he's committed. Yeah, and followed followed up. Is this your favorite part of the episode? <laughs> it's uh, Lester coming back to work. Mm. Claims he's ready to be there, and there's because there's nothing at home but an empty house. Finds out the widow Hess's claim is denied, and yeah. uh, he says, "You know what? I I should probably take care of this because what? She's not. You know. He says he, she can't yell at him. They're both in the same boat. Yeah. So he goes out to the the Hess household. Oh wait before you know before we get to that actually <laughs> we cut over to Gus bringing Molly flowers so let's 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 have a nice scene real quick yeah but uh yeah he's going to he's going to go out to the the Hess house so Gus brings Molly some flowers she she's drawn up a giant diagram on the window of the hospital trying to connect all the moving pieces
0: i was going to try to get a screenshot but then mm-hmm. by the time i got a better like uh, wide angle it didn't seem like there was anything super interesting
1: <laughs> we might be able to at least put we can post that on instagram or something yeah because that is a pretty cool you know because she really lay, she lays it out and pretty much short of a few details she calls it like everything that has happened yeah she pretty much calls it
0: yeah and i, I was wondering like is this something that was in the writer's room? Like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the, like as they were plotting it out <laughs> and trying to figure out how people are connected. Um, and then they just, like, here you go, Molly. <laughs> yeah, you just,
1: you take this, copy that onto the window. Because, yeah, other I think, honestly, other than she says that Lester paid Lorne yeah. to kill Hess, other than that detail, I think she pretty much nails it from beginning to end.
0: Yeah, and I mean... It still is crazy to me that um, Lauren was like, yeah, I'll just like, murder someone for you. Like, sure. Why He's not? a like... nice
1: guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is. Yeah. Just to set off this whole chain of events. Yeah. yeah. If he would have just continued about his job. I mean, everything, not that everything would have been better, because I think Lester probably still would have killed his wife, <laughs> but it would just made everything more simple for everybody. Everybody yeah. involved.
0: Um,
1: Lou shows up with a wheelchair. Says that he talked him into letting Molly go home.
0: And you can see Gus's disappointment of like, oh, sorry, Lou. <laughs> you're gonna go okay? Go go back to Bemidji. Yeah, <laughs> that makes that makes sense. Yeah, but he. I mean, I guess maybe their working relationship isn't close enough to where he would feel comfortable going out to Bemidji as frequently but or as easily to see her.
1: They share a lot of intimate eye, con- eye contact during this scene. If
0: he doesn't go worldwide. to visit her in Bemidji at least <laughs> once, like.
1: Yeah, and I like her telling him, you know, you keep your chin up, Gus Grimley. We're winning this thing. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think there's implication there that they're going to keep in touch with yeah. all this. Yeah.
0: One thing I like about the interactions between them is that, like, Molly isn't, like, she's interested, she seems interested, anyway, Mm -hmm. in in him romantically, but she's very casual about all of it. Like, at no point is she simping for him. (laughs) It's always the other way around. And, like, she's, you know, taking note of, you know, oh, thanks for the flowers and all of that. But, like... At The end of the day, she's focused on what she's gotta do and she's just like being a nice person yeah. and like being thoughtful and you know, um
1: and she understood when Gus was honest with her about you know, when he pulled over Lorne, you know, all he thought about was his daughter.
0: Yeah, she's just like
1: she understands that she's not like you fucking idiot out, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let him go. Um and so I just kind of love to see um a character who's just kind of being themselves. Mm-hmm. And someone really appreciating them for it. I'm a big, uh, in like all the shows and things that I watch, I'm huge on like uh, character dynamics and like friendships, relationships. And, you know, it's always uh, the thing that gets me is when like one character just looks at the other character with like admiration. Mm-hmm. And that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and like uh, on Grey's Anatomy, the characters oh, are just so like, randomly paired almost it seems like they just kind of f- spin the wheel and see who's <laughs> together at this point and the ones that i like most are the ones where you can just see it's like a look and i feel like gus does that with molly it's just like he appreciates her um but i don't know if like
1: i think she appreciates him too
0: i think she does i just i think it's that look of like admiration
1: mm-hmm.
0: that um is is kind of telling yeah uh, and, and there are, there
1: are many details in this whole case that she would have, she would not have without Gus.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so she did need him kind of.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Gus is, Gus is a good guy. He's a terrible police officer. Um, and quite a
1: few terrible police officers in the show. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and, but she's not like making him feel bad about it, mm-hmm. I, but she isn't like, It doesn't seem like she's going out of her way to, like, excuse his bad behavior necessarily either. It's just, like...
1: But she also doesn't, she doesn't treat him like Bill.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, I just, all of their scenes together, I think they hit, like, a really nice balance Mm -hmm. of, like, just quiet appreciation for one another. Um, (laughs) And she's just kind of dopey in a lot of this episode, which I just find really cute.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, and so from there, you know, Molly's wheeled out by her pops, and then the Fargo mob is seen exiting the weird fish lunch spot, which is conveniently connected to their offices. I guess they, it's mentioned earlier in the show that they go to that place every single day for lunch. Yeah. The Australian is talking shit, and uh, we, the camera pans down to uh, Key and Peel as FBI agents who are... I guess their tails or something across the street writing down some notes about them leaving the super cool fish restaurant.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and we get some good Key and Peele banter. And, you know, <laughs> do you know the conditions of a modern fast food restaurant? Ke- Keegan-Michael Key is scolding Jordan Peel for um, eating, like, I guess, like a cheeseburger or something from some fast food place. Yeah. As we see Lauren walk up with a weird lump in his coat. Walks right by them as they're talking bullshit.
0: Yeah, Lauren is like, I got to pull this gun out mm-hmm. like right one one foot away from <laughs> where these, these people are sitting in this car. I hid it from them when I was on this side of the car, yeah. but now that I'm on the other side, just pull it out. And especially too, because like, it probably would have made sense for him to just walk all the way to the building. Go
1: into the office building first, yes. And
0: then take the gun out. Like, yes. the, he didn't need it um, before then. But.
1: Yeah. They could have seen him through the windows.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, yeah, I mean, you know. But, you know, dramatic reveal. Yeah. Hey, yeah. it's fun. And of co- But, of course, you know, we're talking about bad cops in the show. Of course, they don't even notice anything. For a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, until the... Body is thrown out the, Mm -hmm. out the window. Does that mean that? I thought I I thought uh, I was trying to track it in this uh, the last viewing. Does he get like everyone that we know, or does he have to leave like early after the Australian guy gets thrown
1: out the window? I mean, well, let's talk about the scene first. Okay. Because yes, that is a great question. But I mean, we we do get this. It's a really cool shot. It's a really cool idea for a shot. Mm -hmm. I think where we see him enter the building, but the camera stays outside. Mm -hmm. And it seems
0: like a great way to save money.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) This is (laughs) yeah. This is but it is a cool idea at the same time. It's a cool idea.
0: I don't know if I, execution. I don't know if I like fully, fully drive on
1: it, but I loved it the first time I saw it. I mm-hmm. remember the first watching this episode being like, "Holy shit, this is fucking brilliant!" You know, because the camera follows from the outside, but the windows are one way yeah. glass. Not kind of, you know, you can't see inside the building, but you follow Mirror it. Glass. You see the, yeah. you see the bullets being fired. You see the flash of the, of the, uh, end of the rifle, and you hear all the people inside reacting to Lorne. Mm -hmm. and shooting, you know, being shot and dying. Lorne is just, and the camera tracks floor by floor, him killing everybody. At one point you see a window be cracked by either a bullet or... Which was
0: not my favorite CGI. pretty bad CGI.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Tom was even complaining while we were watching the episode about how the reflections wouldn't quite match up. Mm. But I think they did a decent job of that, personally, but Tom doesn't. I could
0: not say, Yeah, but yeah.
1: But you know, it's a, it's a cool scene. Not the best execution, but also, who am I to talk shit? I don't, I don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm just in in a show that really um, is so creative and so artistic mm-hmm. with a lot of these things. It just felt a little bit underwhelming to mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe I the first time I was a little bit more like, oh, this is interesting, and then the next time I was like, oh, okay, they're just like. It's a yeah it just kind of like tuned out a lot of it and i i guess i wonder would it be more impactful if like the voices were more familiar like you could pick up on it or if it wasn't so much movement maybe like but that's kind of the fun of it
1: yeah it's just i again it yeah only watch the scene once and you'll love it yeah if you watch it again you'll be like this is kind of goofy yeah um, yeah, like, especially, you know, I pointed out, there's that one guy who, he shoot, he very clearly shoots and he goes, what's the elevator code? And the guy's dying on the ground. like. And like what's I the love elevator that you're
0: code? doing visuals for this guy <laughs> that you definitely did not see.
1: <laughs> but he's very clearly, this guy is here to kill you. You're gonna die. No yeah. matter what. But he's, his last words are, 933, you know, the elevator code. Why would you even tell him? Why would you even tell him you're dying? Either way. For yeah. sure. Don't tell him. <laughs> he gives him the elevator code, and I'm pretty sure he gets everybody.
0: Okay. Because I was, that's what I thought initially, but then I was just sort of like, well, it ends with the Australian guy going out the...
1: plummeting through the window.
0: Through the window. And I feel like there was, um, Tripoli? Is that is that the guy's name?
1: Moses Tripoli, I believe, is the um, head of the Fargo mob.
0: Who is never going to be Hansi Dent. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, just no I've just I've decided to reject that. Um, I don't know
1: what you're talking about
0: Entirely <laughs> because Hansi Dent doesn't deserve that. Um, but yeah, I think I remember hearing him at some point in the whole thing, right
1: I don't know. Do we hear him? I assume he gets if he I think if he is, has reached the Australian, I'm pretty sure he's reached him.
0: Yeah um, the leader of the mob so okay, well I guess we'll we'll find out. It does seem like it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's everyone, and I mean, why would Lauren?
1: Why do he leave the building if his job wasn't done?
0: Yeah, and it, like, and he throws that. I assume the body gets thrown or shot out the window. I don't know what, what 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 <laughs> was going on there. Um, as a bit of a distraction to like help him get out. Like that yeah. does seem like that was his like finale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Of uh, what he was going for there, so and yeah,
1: and he's pretty fucked up on the ground. I think his leg is basically like disconnected from his body, which is pretty gross. Yeah, and this is the first time that Keen P- Peel notice anything going on across the street is when the body lands on the ground. Yeah, brilliant detective work.
0: <laughs> and they're like scrambling to try to figure out how to handle it. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> Maybe yeah. they're not very qualified to deal with the mob. <laughs> no,
1: because, yeah, like, as police arrive, they're just standing there staring at the body. <laughs> so you would think
0: anything. that with the FBI, they would be, like, A little bit specialized better. in what they're <laughs> doing? Like, you would expect that from the local police to be like, oh, we've never dealt with this before. Mm-hmm. Or like, well, we don't really know what's going on. But no.
1: <laughs> but but nope. nope. And, yeah, so, you know, they, they try and get it together as the police arrive and uh, show their, you know, flash their badges and Lorne just very quietly, not even not not even looked at, just exits from around the corner of the building. You know, just it's all over. He's taken out the Fargo mob as far as we know it. Um so that was a great shooting shoot shoot scene. I don't yeah. know. I, I like it as an idea. Yeah. In theory. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, and I think Something that I try to remember as a some pretty hypercritical like TV viewers that you know doing something like that is kind of a ballsy like move and it could have paid off brilliantly and like that's kind of the only way that you get some of those like really insanely cool things mm-hmm. is when you take those risks and so it's like is it better that they they tried it and you know
1: yeah no I appreciate it entirely I yeah <laughs>
0: um rather than just being like that was dumb
1: yeah i mean you know and it, you know it would have been fine if we would have just actually followed lauren into the building and watched him do all the dun 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 you know the mission impossible yeah style shoot shoot em up scene but i don't know it's it is cool yeah but i don't know we'll, we're, we
0: i think it know. would have been maybe maybe i'll get something like this in fargo at some point of just like close up on someone who's on like a murdering spree's face because especially with lauren i feel like he wouldn't move a muscle yeah you know like his face could just be like super static with like you know like blood splattering (laughs) and like shit around him but just like close up on his face you don't have to do anything else but just make it look like he's walking through
1: not a whole ton of blinking going on
0: yeah Um i feel like he could have pulled that off (laughs) Um, and I definitely, I think that, uh, there's a lot of instances where Ooh, shit. <laughs> limiting the, like what you actually are seeing and taking in from a yeah. scene makes it more impactful. Like if you just hear it, or if you take the sound away and you're just watching the visuals. So
1: yeah, same, same as earlier in the episode with the Rundle guy, you know, like it, i like the fact that they left it ambiguous. Yeah. What happened to him? yeah you
0: know. but i just less so yeah. on on this one. <laughs> Nine
1: three three, boom. you know just fucking okay
0: um and then i think we're, we're with we're lester the, now's your favorite scene yeah <laughs> with addison montgomery looking like a babe mm-hmm.
1: nice nice cleavage going on her hair is done up well
0: <laughs> yeah she is like just wearing lingerie around the house <laughs> essentially with like a robe on the suns, the sun's and, are gone. And Lester's like, you look nice today, yeah. as if she's, like, dressed up. You know, yeah. she's just basically wearing her version of pajamas yeah, around the house. not in
1: the morning. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, yeah, they, they, she gives him a drink. I think he asks for a drink this time Yeah. before she even offers. Got one of those for me. Yeah, and so for some reason, he doesn't mention that her claim has been denied.
0: That's weird that he wouldn't say anything about that.
1: And she, you know, asks about it, but he says, you know, doesn't say anything in particular. But she gets a little nervous, obviously, about it. And he offers his skills as as a middleman. You know, and talks about greased greased palms. Yeah. (laughs) I know a little something about greasy palms.
0: Well, and it's so skeevy, too, because it's, you know, it's not just like... Um, he could have said all about knowing which ponds to Greece and just letting her take it up from there. But he says, if you get my meaning. Yeah. So, of course, he is, like, in very much suggesting mm-hmm. this and and not just accepting, it, you know, the offer from her.
1: This which is...
0: Gina Hess absolutely would. You know, like, <laughs> she she was going to... Throwing it at him before. Yeah. Um, she would have done that, and but it's real gross all on Lester's <laughs> part to be pushing for it and and lying. But
1: this this episode is all him getting revenge. He's yeah. getting revenge on his brother. He's getting revenge on Hess, kind of on. GTA. I didn't
0: think about. I didn't think about the revenge aspect for that particular scene because I guess I saw it more as. Him like taking advantage of all the things that he wasn't like oh that too he felt scared to like to take on previously Mm -hmm. like she threw herself at him before and he just was like "Ah, i gotta get away and (laughs) and now it's like now he's like oh i'm a new man and like oh like i could redo that basically redo that scene i'm gonna
1: get what i want (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, I think you're right too because obviously there's a whole thing with with Sam Hess yeah. in the the closing scene.
1: Yeah, we yeah when <laughs> when after that greasy palms <laughs> yeah we fast we cut to him do, her doggy style position Yum. and him just banging it out <laughs> and he's staring at a super cool cowboy themed photo of Sam and his wife. Yeah, and in while that's while he's staring at the photo we do get a flash to Hess putting his fist up to Lester's face yeah so the he's
0: very much thinking about his high school bully during mm-hmm. sex which is wonderful
1: <laughs> good for I, Lester <laughs> and I think at one point she even says oh you're hurting me Lester and he's mm-hmm. just like I don't care <laughs> it's terrible yeah I can't imagine Lester's a great lay
0: yeah and then <laughs> and then the I assume the there must be some symbolism in the photo breaking you're falling off the wall falling off the wall and breaking um ready to
1: see gagooshes.
0: <laughs> yeah um oh and then i think there's there's another scene after that too yeah right? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah molly's this misspoke it's not yeah. a closing scene it felt like the end of the episode it would, would,
1: would have been a great closing scene but we gotta have our horror ending instead or you know the little because yeah, uh, molly's asleep in lou's truck And I, you know, at first I thought that we're just going home, but I think she asked, well, she doesn't ask him, but they end up at the police station.
0: I really thought that Lou was going to like, take her home and like, not let her be a police officer anymore. (laughs) Like, just like lock her in her bedroom or something and like, you can't come out.
1: Force her into a waitress outfit. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, they stop by the police station and the clerk tells Molly about all the shit with Chaz, saying, you know. They caught the guy who killed Vern. Yeah. And she, Molly says, oh, did they get Lester? Oh, they got Lester? Yeah. He goes, no, his brother Chaz. And uh, Molly doesn't buy it for shit, of course. Yeah. And uh, she can't talk to Bill because everybody's out celebrating at some bar. And we get the, yeah, the little horror movie ending where she walks out into the snow and she's, you know, hyperventilating almost.
0: Yeah, this is a an interesting spot to end the episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it doesn't really seem like that dramatic of a, of a focal point. Like for, I guess maybe she feels like she's making progress on this case and she's just lost it. But I also feel like it's not over. Like she can just go to the bar and like, yeah, do like it, it just doesn't feel like it's game over on her her what she's trying to do mm-hmm. and it just feels like it doesn't feel like that much bigger of a setback than
1: but it's it's probably all just hitting her at once that Lester that Lester is getting away with it again yeah there's another fall guy there's another uh story to be told
0: yeah I think I think it would have been I would have really liked to have seen Molly's reaction to the way Lester was like talking about it because I think that the real horror of the episode is the way that Lester, like who Lester <laughs> becomes, you know, and in the, G-goosh. the callousness and the manipulative like <laughs> behavior, it's, it's kind of like horrifying to, mm-hmm. to see that transformation. And I feel like my, her face at the end is how I was feeling, you know, as
1: Lester was, <laughs>
0: Getting into his full, like, villain form, you know?
1: Yeah, he, knock, he knocks it out of the park with the whole, just fucking, I'm a piece, I'm, I'm gonna, like, it's just, I'm gonna take what's mine. Yeah. I don't care who I hurt along the way. It's, this is my, this is my game now. Yeah. I'm Lorne Malvo. I'm Frank Peterson.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's obviously had a whole life of just feeling like he couldn't get what he like he just had to put up with less than Mm -hmm. um what he wanted and so it's you know it i like seeing people like come into their own and have moments of growth and you know all that but obviously this has gone so far beyond that like a good thing for lester probably would have been to like leave his wife And, like, stand up to his brother and go find a job that he likes or, you know, just kind of shed those things away. But instead he takes a really toxic, uh, (laughs) murdery route?
1: Murdery, uh...
0: Stevie. Almost
1: kind of rapey. Yeah. Because, I don't know, kind of, that's technically kind of rapish. Because he's withholding...
0: She, I mean, yeah. No,
1: yes, no, yes, no
0: yeah I mean <laughs> she believes that it is transactional
1: mm-hmm. and he' is is not,
0: not he's not going to withhold his yeah. his side of the transaction, yeah. but I don't know how that
1: <laughs> I doubt she's doing it out of pleasure
0: yeah um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know it i I, th- I just think it's a interesting interesting spot to to end the episode and Mm-hmm. For her, because I, I really, I really do feel like this isn't even remotely over with Molly. Like, if um, I, I would have had Molly's horror face if Molly had died and all this came out, and like not a single person was on the right path. Gus
1: is the only one who can <laughs> yeah.
0: complete the story. <laughs> yeah, Gus is the only one who is like <laughs> actually worried about Lester, and everyone else is just like, "It was Chaz. It was Chaz. We're Chaz good to wrong. go." You know, like. But Molly is there. I believe in her to be able to right. keep on it. So, um I don't know. Just like a weird, weird shot for me. Yeah. But I guess it's always interesting when Fargo ends on the scene that you don't expect it to. Because <laughs> there were multiple scenes before
1: that where you're like,
0: oh, yeah, this would be a good spot to end yeah. this episode.
1: Yeah, it, it would have, like, you, like you're saying, it would have been a good ending of just that of that cowboy picture falling off, unless you're going, <laughs> Yeah. Cut to credits, that would have been fun. But, but know, we just get a little extra Molly at the end. A Molly tag, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. All
0: right. I guess we'll slide into some trivia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mentioned earlier about the spleen. Um, <laughs> we got another paradox.
1: <laughs> this it- one I think I get, though. I read it before.
0: Um, it's, um, the barber paradox shows that an apparently plausible scenario is logically impossible. It was used by Bertrand Russell to illustrate Russell's paradox. Um, in a village, the barber shaves everyone who does not shave himself, but no one else. The question that prompts the paradox is this, who shaves the barber? The barber can neither shave himself nor not shave himself. The question is who shaves the barber is unanswerable. Yeah. So, That's, I guess he.
1: It's the chicken or the egg.
0: Yeah, he shaves everyone who does not shave himself.
1: But he can neither shave himself nor not shave himself. Yeah. You know, it's it's a. Uh,
0: do you do you feel like there's a what's a the parallel?
1: <laughs> what's the box one? Uh, oh
0: every time we do one of these, I just put it out of my head and I'm...
1: (sighs) Hold on. Because I want to say, oh my god, now I can't think of any names.
0: Are you thinking of, like, Schrodinger's cat.
1: Schrodinger's cat. Yes. In the box. Okay. I was thinking of the other one with the bells too. too. That was pa- the name Pavlov. Pavlov. I had Pavlov <laughs> yeah. in my head, and I was like, "That's not it." Schrodinger. Yeah, it's Schrodinger's cat. It's the chicken or the egg. It's all just
0: okay. So together. who uh, do you feel like anyone? anyone in particular where this?
1: I think this maybe, tracks. Maybe at this point, Molly's asking this question because she can't get to the bottom of it, and. She's okay. given, she's being given answers that don't make sense to her.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, yeah, like trying to figure out who this, who this person is when it just kind of keeps circling back to like things mm-hmm. that, okay. All right. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe. And all of our lines, favorite lines. Just a we'll couple. Hold.
1: <laughs> they're all pretty good t- well two of them is are it worth terrible. having
0: this uh this segment when we go
1: yeah we, we could cut it maybe because i mean we did already go over all of them you know what do you have against georgia my first wife she was Korean. she used to spit at me when we had yeah sex.
0: and i think if we if we like ranked them or like <laughs> picked one but they're also good they yeah. don't need to compete with each other Keep
1: your chin up gus grimly we're winning this thing that's just a nice little oh, didn't like the nice little on the end of that scene.
0: Yeah.
1: And I know a little something about greasy palms. <laughs> Best death. I think I got them all, right? I mean, that's all there is.
0: Yeah, There's two, I...
1: Who knows how many there were exactly? Yes. It's a lot.
0: Yeah. Um. So our Australian mobster, everyone else that was in that building, yeah. um, and probably, possibly... The, the guy at Rundle Realty,
1: possibly. possibly, but we don't know. That is up in the air. He's our Schrodinger's cat. Maybe <laughs> uh, yeah. See, he's who who shaved him.
0: Yeah, so I'm tempted to go with like all of the people.
1: Yeah, in you the just want them all?
0: Yeah, and I because th- I think that it's even it's more interesting to me the people that were shot that didn't burst <laughs> through the window.
1: But he's the only one we see, and it's a pretty great death. The Australian mobster.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just, I don't care about him very much. Yeah.
1: Okay, fine. We can give it to all He's the unnamed. He's not
0: hilarious enough for me.
1: All the unnamed office workers and mobsters inside the building are where the best death. Yeah. <laughs> and we give it to the elevator guy. How about that? The elevator code guy.
0: Okay. <laughs> he gets it. He has the best, best death for being annoying to yeah. you for giving up the code.
1: mister Nine Three Three.
0: All right, and then um, our MVPs. I feel like a lot of in the past we've gone with people that are like very competent, but um, Molly's the only one who's really competent here, and I think that yeah. it's worthwhile to bring bring this back to like and Lauren though, which which performer, which character is like bringing the most mm-hmm. to the entertainment value of the show, and not just like moving the story along. So. Um, you know, Molly, Molly's always a contender for this. Um, but I thought that Bill, uh, Bob Odenkirk's performance.
1: (laughs) In that great scene.
0: Yeah. Was so good. He (laughs) was just eating it up when Lester was just Mm. laying his story on. Mm. Um, and then Key and Peele were also very fun.
1: Yes. You know what? I think this might be a Cinderella story of Bill maybe winning because I, I that is the best scene in this episode my favorite is between him and Lester. yeah and him like welling up
0: and it's it's a little bit longer it's yeah. more earned you know because uh i saw a little bit ahead i believe key and feel are coming back totally for that. next episode so i mean
1: they're they're very they just they just sit in their car and bicker
0: yeah i mean this is a good it, it's they're fun, but I just feel like the Bill stuff has like been earned through all of the other uh, weird things that Bill has said and done. Yep. And, and
1: all right, just at, at, as surprising as it may be, maybe Bill is the MVP of this episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And just his performance, uh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk's performance, his eyes are like mm-hmm. welling up, you know, like a little bit of a lip quiver at certain parts. And it's just...
1: His hair looks amazing. Always. <laughs> all right.
0: Okay. And that's all for our Fargo discussion. Stay tuned after the bells if you want to hear more about what we've been enjoying this week.
1: Next week, we'll be covering season one, episode eight, The Heat."
0: You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FargonPod.
1: You can email us at FargonConclusionPod at gmail.com.
0: If you have something nice or terrible to say, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.
1: You can find me on Instagram at ShamePrayer and listen to my band Bold Villain on all streaming platforms.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at TEAFlow or check out my website TiffanyFlowers.co.
1: Until next week, don't be so Australian that you get shot out of a fourth story window.
0: Is that his crime?
1: Yeah, that bastard. <laughs> Ring ding ding. Ding ding yeah. ding.
0: But I'm going to ask joke you joke again. What the heck do you want? I just wanted to have a look at you.
1: Okay. Um. You want me to what go have was,
0: uh, you been um, watching, well, reading? Answering?
1: I saw the French Dispatch, which is Wes Anderson's new movie. Um. I will not really spoil anything about it, but...
0: Did we talk about it last week?
1: No. We talked about other Wes Anderson movies. I couldn't... Yeah, I, I actually did see it last week. Okay. But I couldn't think of the fucking name of... Like, I couldn't... I forgot I saw it. And um, I ended up talking about Candyman instead or something like okay. that. okay.
0: <laughs> I wanted to see um, The French Dispatch... Um, it's good. ...in the last, like, month. But then um, we were looking at going to see a movie last night, and it was, wasn't available anywhere, like, oh, really? super close. Yeah. So it's make like, look. all right, I guess I'll just... I think it was Riverside. Really? And I'm like, I'm not going to Riverside. <laughs> yeah, so, it's been out for
1: a while, I suppose.
0: Um, I'll have to get it on.
1: It's good. It's it's definitely not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wasn't expecting out of it that I didn't quite like about it is it's, like, told in chapters. So, like, the care Not all of the... Ca- well, there's, like, at least one Maybe two or three scenes where all of the characters interact as an ensemble. But mm. otherwise, it's told in sections of the newspaper. Actually, not chapters. Okay. So you only deal with certain characters at certain points. Interesting. Set, you know, in different settings. It's and like a fun framing. Times, yeah. Which is cool, but it's not my favorite. Like, mm. it's and again, like it's not like Royal Tenenbaums where they're all in one house and you get to see all the is characters. Is that your
0: favorite Wes Anderson? Oof.
1: Offhand, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Moonrise Kingdom, even though there's that weird scene with the kids doing weird stuff together. <laughs> that, that creeped me out. Um, and uh, what's the other one? And uh, the one Darjeeling limited might be. Uh, or fucking, I mean, they're all, there's a lot. of. This is lower on the list than all these, and yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Yeah, I feel like I haven't um, given the Grand Budapest Hotel enough watches yeah. for it to be like too high up there, but it's one that like sticks in my memory a lot with all the visuals. Yeah, like I feel like that one's really striking. But Royal Tenenbaums is
1: yeah. You'll st- you'll still appreciate the French Dispatch for sure, just because it's the it's the nor- it's all the normal uh, Wes Anderson people are in it. You know, Bill Murray's in it. Luke, yeah. Luke Wilson. You know, all the all the all, pretty much not all, but most of the classics.
0: Timothy Chalamet.
1: That's what I was gonna say though there are yeah. a lot of interesting newcomers like Timothy Chalamet yeah. as well.
0: I saw um, Tim there Shal. was a there was a photo of And um,
1: his wide face.
0: And no, it was him <laughs> and Bill Murray and I, I'm gonna be terrible because I forget the other two people that were in this photo. But from the movie. Yeah. And um, People were like comparing them to different like people in like the faculty at a school and like <laughs> your like weird family photo and <laughs> stuff like, like an that. Awkward photo. Yeah, and so <laughs> uh, it definitely feels like it's like a a cast with like interesting vibes. Like everyone is a, it's a lot of people. A character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you he wrote
1: great characters. Obviously, the set design is amazing through the whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah, the characters are great. It, it has everyone you would want in it. Yeah. Just not not my favorite, still. But great.
0: Okay. And what's, what's The Wind Rises?
1: The Wind Rises is a Studio Ghibli movie oh. that I've been meaning to watch forever because it was supposed to be, I'm going to butcher his name, but it was supposed to be Hayao Miyazaki's last movie, who's, like, the guy who wrote and directed...
0: Is he looking to stop making movies?
1: Well, he made this in 2013, actually, and he oh, said okay. this was his the movie that he would retire on. Okay. After you know, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, all you know, mm-hmm. all these movies that people love, but he's actually going on now to uh, he's returning to uh, at least direct a movie called How Do You Live. Hmm. So okay. he's coming back at least for a direction of a, one of these movies. But uh, yeah, The Wind Rises, it's based on the true story of, let me see the name, it's, it's a fictionalization of the true story of a guy named uh, Jiro Horikoshi, who was actually the designer of um, the aircraft that uh, the Japanese army used as um, the, their fighter aircrafts in World War II. Interesting. But, um, yeah, it's a, it, it's a great, it's, if you like Studio Ghibli movies, it's fu- it's great. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's dark. It's not like you're watching Kiki's Delivery Su- Service. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, it's more Grave of the Firefliesy. i
0: <laughs> I've, I've only seen, um, Kiki's Delivery Service and Hell's Moving Castle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service a while ago, but, um... I just watched *House Moving Castle for the first time recently because my friends were reading the book yeah. and then watching the movie, and so I did that. But I, like, really want to do a whole, like, Miyazaki marathon oh, now. Dude, like, I'm in. <laughs> and that feels like it would be... Like, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I was like, ah, And there's so many um, others on HBO Max. Yeah, and yeah. then every time I check movie showtimes, they're playing stuff at, like, the different <laughs> theaters nearby. It's just feel like everything in the world is telling me to watch yeah. more more miyazaki
1: have you not seen spirited away then no holy dicks that's the one that i that's the first one i saw we watched it in like ninth grade art class mm. we had a substitute teacher who brought it with him yeah he was like we're watching this today and holy shit i was just like what the fuck is happening this is the coolest movie i've ever seen
0: <laughs> so do I, do I need to save it for for when you can, yeah, we can do
1: we can do podcast about *Spirited Away*. Perfect. We'll do the *Spirited Away* special. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's pretty much all. Otherwise, I'm just watching bullshit like 30 Rock* and, but not to like fall asleep,
0: rewatching stuff. Yeah, um, I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies, no. but I um, wanted to shout out something in particular. I forgot. I um, I'm always reading a lot, and I finally got my hands on the first foundation book and I was watching the show, which has finally finished its first season, which was mostly good. It's like really high budget. It's an Apple, um, Apple plus show. So oh, it's really? one of their like newer ones. They, have it's gorgeous. And the costumes, like set designs are great for this like really intense sci-fi world. Hmm. Um,
1: Is it just called The Foundation, the show?
0: The show is, yeah, Foundation. And um, so I was really into the show. And then I got the book. And the show was a little bit disappointing. And it just sort of felt like they had all the pieces and then just, like, (laughs) made it cheesier. Or, like, I don't know, missed the point on certain things. So I wasn't terribly impressed with it. But I I was into it. Mm. But the book... was not that interesting. No. Um, And the show, like, I was, you know, had all my complaints about the show. And then I read the book and I was like, oh, the show did a lot of things great because this book, like, I mean, it was fine. There's interesting concepts. I only read the first one and there's like, um, I think it's supposed to span like thousands, a thousand years. Oh, shit. And I got like 150 years in, I think is when the first book ends. So hell. <laughs> clearly I'm not anywhere near a conclusion. I don't know if that's going to be a good payoff or not by the end of it. But um, they just did so many more things to make the world like more accessible, <laughs> more interesting. Like it, it really reads like a lot of characters are just sort of moving around doing things and like, hey, this person did this and then they did this and then they did this where the show actually captures like the meaning and the emotional context behind it. So anyway, um, I will probably still keep on reading them, but, um, it was just hard to, hard (laughs) to get through. And I'm also, um, I finished two of the three Dune books. (laughs) I can't wait to get the third one, but I think that the, the movies are going to be better.
1: Are they planning three movies?
0: They're planning to do at least one more movie, but there's discussions about...
1: Just keeping it going.
0: ...doing more. I don't know, because I guess the David Lynch one is just one movie that covers, I think, the first book. Yeah. And I don't really know how that's a satisfying story to just cover the one book. Like, it's okay, but... Mm. I feel like you kind of need more more to the (laughs) story. But I think that there's a very good chance for... Um, D- Denis Dillon.
1: Oh, hell, you got me.
0: I feel like everyone says Denis. Um, but um, yeah, I think that there's a good chance that the movies are going to be really good and really elevate that material. And so it just feels like there's a lot of old sci fi stories that I've been reading that modern uh, adaptations are just like, hey, what if we actually put women in yeah. the story? Like, <laughs> Nah, <laughs> how are um, they going to do something like that? Um, I watched like, I watched 8-bit Christmas, which is a good movie from, uh, with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, really? As the like, kind of narrator, um, <laughs> older character that's sharing about his childhood. Um, That was on HBO Max. And that was just a very good, like, good Christmas movie. But I'm not going to talk about it because it's... I want to talk about shitty Christmas movies. Like, The Princess Switch 3 on Netflix. Oh, number
1: three. Good, they made three of them.
0: Which had all the things that I wanted. Um, (laughs) Incredible, incredible acting from Vanessa Hudgens playing three different characters. Three? Um, And the characters have to, you know, all switch around in different ways. So she does a good job of playing characters that are playing other characters (laughs) that she plays it's all it's all fantastic and the third one might be my favorite you've seen all three yes well the third one just came out (laughs) okay um yeah and um single all the way was the netflix's like um gay christmas movie nice i think it's one of the first besides um the one last well, uh, year. What they
1: call it? A gay Christmas. I'm oh. kidding.
0: <laughs> last year, there was one from, um, with Kristen them, Stewart huh? that was annoying, and most people I know didn't really care for it, <laughs> but this one was much better, I thought, yeah. and it, my mom, I, I showed my mom, and she's like, it was cheesy, i That's what a Christmas movie is supposed to be. I don't know what you're looking for, a Christmas movie, if this is not hitting the mark, because...
1: My dad's been trying... My dad has an obsession with Christmas movies, maybe akin to yours, Mm. where... And he's always tried me to get to watch this one called Grandpa for Christmas. That's his favorite one. Hmm. It's with Ernest Borgnine. He plays the grandpa that they get for Christmas. Okay. And he he literally watches it multiple times a week. Yeah, review that one. Okay. Watch, get, watch grandpa for Christmas. Let me know. I'll listen to the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I'm mostly going off of like a new movies that are kind of like a made for TV or streaming. <laughs> or I mean, they're all streaming. Yeah. So,
1: Ooh, um, Hulu's got a big thing going but on. But I too. love,
0: I love Hallmark movies. Oh. Um, I watched the nine lives of Christmas last year where this guy and girl get together after he finds a cat in the, in the <laughs> fire station. And this year, uh-oh. Is the Nine Kittens of
1: Christmas. Oh, the sequel, yes. And so
0: and I didn't even realize like, you know, there was gonna be a sequel and Thank was, God there is.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> took all year to make it.
0: <laughs> um so you know, I'm really into into the different ways in which they they make Christmas babies. I like that they're kinda terrible. I love just, you know, knowing like being able to guess the whole plot like five minutes mm-hmm. in. You like see a few people and you're like, ah, I know who everyone yep. is. This
1: person's going to end up with this person.
0: Yeah. Something and nice
1: is going to happen to that person.
0: And this is, oh, the main character said they're not happy with this thing. Well, that's going to change in yep. this exact way later on. Um, it's comforting. So, yeah. So I'm not going to list off nice. all of them because I've watched, I, I've already listed off quite a few. And <laughs> yeah. I, um,
1: I was just, I was trying to see if the original Dune with David Lynch had any planned sequels. Oh. And I don't think it did because uh, reviewers just like panned the movie. Mm. But apparently it did okay in the box office.
0: Well, like, um, Golden Compass was supposed. I imagine they were gonna do more. Yeah. More movies, and they had such a good cast, like Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, and then, um, and then it was just terrible. Really. It's terrible. But the crazy thing is, is that I thought it was cool. I was like, this is a cool movie. I want to read these books. And then I read the books and I was like, what happened with the movie? <laughs> like, why was it? Um, I just thought it was like a cool, cool storytelling idea. But the um, the books are like pretty like anti-religious and like, a lot more like hardcore. Oh, really? And I was just yes, like give me more of this. That's <laughs> awesome. And um. Yeah, and so now it's, like, looking back at the movie, it's like, you weren't setting it up for a hardcore ending at all.
1: <laughs> huh. Um, There's a lot of those that come and go. I mean...
0: But, yeah, I guess it does it does happen all the time. And that's what I think people were really worried with Dune is, like, they did not have a guaranteed next movie oh, really? when they released it. They didn't know until, like, two weeks after <laughs> it came out. Um
1: but and that it. would
0: have been so disappointing to just have like half a story. Yeah. Like you just really just cut it off in the oh, middle. Oh,
1: really? You like, still need to watch it.
0: It's not a huge cliffhanger, but it's not a like, oh, that's a nice conclusion, <laughs> like in any form. So, all right. I don't know if you're recording that last bit there, but. We did it. Yeah! <clears throat> Break! <laughs> For you, I travel on, but hope was gone to seek a rendezvous. And I knew someday, someplace, somehow I see the smile that you're smiling, and you're smiling now. Well, it might have been in down in New York, Cape Verde, or even London Town. No more will I go around.
1: Somehow I see the smile
0: that you're smiling, and you're smiling now. Well, it might have been in Countdown in New York, Capri, or even London. No more, 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 no more.